Good afternoon, good evening everyone and uh, welcome to the uh, Investec Manufacturing Conclave uh, 2.0. Um, it's been a three-day conference, today is the last day and over three days we have met with several industry captains in the manufacturing uh, con you know, in the manufacturing arena. <coughs> so one question that has been on our minds last year and this year, is India really ready to be the next uh, hub for manufacturing and we the, uh, the leaders like China has been in the manufacturing uh, segment. Uh, over the last three days we have met uh, manufacturers from the electronic space, from the pharma space, uh, from plastics. Um, what is where China is also known is also in the steel and stainless steel segment and uh, to understand more on stainless steel, it is my pleasure to have uh, Mr. Sharma from uh, Jindal Stainless. So a little bit about Mr. Jindal uh, from Mr. Vijay Sharma is that he serves as a director of the Jindal Stainless Group. Uh, with over 35 years of experience, Mr. Sharma has steered diverse roles in the area of corporate affairs, sales, distribution, corporate branding, marketing and business development strategy formulation, supply chain management, market research and product development, customer outreach and satisfaction in stainless steel and automotive industry. He also has been overseeing profitability of the service center chains of the Jindal Stainless Group in India and in Spain. He's also on the board of companies like Indian Iron and Steel, Skill Sector Council, Shalimar Paints, GS Lifestyle and JSSL. He is the chairman of Haryana State Development Council of Asocham and co-chair uh, for Haryana State Chapter, PhDCCI. He is a member and actively participates in various initiatives of APEX associations like FICI and CIS. Um, Mr. Sharma, welcome. I think, you know, with such a great uh, bio, I think you are the best person to give us more insights into this. Uh, before I give it to, to my colleague Ritesh to take the fireside up, uh, I would like to remind all participants to keep their mics on mute and keep their cameras off. Uh, request only the, um, in the interest of the bandwidth, only the host and uh, guests to keep their cameras on. Uh, you will get an opportunity to ask the guest questions. Do raise your virtual hand. Uh, so over to you, Ritesh. Thank you. Thank you, Sapna. Uh, it's a pleasure to host you, sir. Uh, I'll start sir, with a few basic uh, questions uh, on stainless steel versus carbon steel. Uh, we have seen stupendous growth on the volume side when it comes to stainless steel. Uh, sir, how should one understand this when it comes to uh, parity on pricing for carbon steel versus stainless steel? That is one. And secondly, if one had to actually add an additional layer, uh, if one had to look at over uh, the life cycle cost of a particular product, uh, how should one understand that? Okay, uh, Namaskar and uh, thank you Ritesh and uh, thank you Sapna for the kind words. I have very limited experience of working with only two companies. I have been told by my colleague that I am uh, among the uh, analyst community and I am very sure, uh, though I will be trying to connect certain dots from macroeconomy my knowledge will be much less than yours. So, but uh, yes, I am supposed to know a little bit about stainless and in relation to steel also. 
So, um, I will share my perspective. To set the context, there could be a possibility that you will be, I will speaking two things which might be well known to you. But to maintain the flow and the context and the perspective, uh, please bear with me. Uh, for example, uh, I would like to start with importance of stainless steel in everybody's life. Uh, you know, uh, it is told that 4 to 5 percent of the GDP gets eroded uh, because of the corrosion every year. This innocent looking 4 to 5 percent actually at the world level, it is equal to Germany. At US level, it is equal to perhaps uh, 2 Walmart. And at India level, it is close to two times of the biggest uh, company in the country. So, there is a role of stainless steel comes into the play. Uh, before coming to the specific questions which is related with the volume growth and pricing, I think we need to set the context to understand what exactly stainless steel is with respect to uh, steel. Are there any similarities or how different it is and in what aspect? Uh, well, uh, in terms of the volume, interestingly, worldwide, China, because people are more curious about China, though China is a sort of a black hole also, and India. So, worldwide, by volume, it is about 3% of the carbon steel, and by value, depending on the product mix, depending on the economy of the country, it could be anywhere from 10 to 15%. So, one of our great coins could be as expensive as a uh, 7-series BMW. There are other differences also. If I talk about the uh, uh, product form, stainless steel or steel, long and flat, these are the two major categories. In case of steel, the long product is about 43%. In case of stainless steel, it is about 20% and it is worldwide. Around that, I mean, like India, it could be 22, worldwide, it could be 18. Even in the application area, there is a very, very distinct. And it gets driven from the long and flat proportion also. In case of steel, 62% of the total consumption is in the construction and infra, whereas in case of stainless steel, it is about 12%. If I talk about the key raw material, uh, generally speaking, people tend to get mixed up with the iron ore story which is going around. Iron ore is not the raw material to manufacture stainless steel directly. Then I will come to the manufacturing process. Stainless uh, steel essentially to EF or induction furnace, electric arc furnace or induction furnace. Steel primarily glass furnace. So, and of course, uh, the corrosion properties, it leads to the solutions which are the buzzwords today, the sustainability, whether it is related with environment or it is social or economical. The stainless steel plays a very, very different role. Now, coming to a uh, little bit about the volume. Uh, in India, uh, like I said, about 3%. My numbers will be more directional, retail. don't catch me on uh, 2000 here and there. It is just to set the context. In India, 100 versus 3.2. China, 1000 versus 30. World, 1900 versus 51, again 3%. So, I have a reason of saying this number because the complexities of the business get given by when the reach has to be with most of the people, but the volume is 3%. Coming to the pricing front, uh, somehow we are looking more on the chapter 72 when we talk about the pricing. We tend to miss pricing aspect specifically after July 20 in practically all the common fees. 
right from energy to agriculture, which includes beverages, food, oil, wheels, grains, raw materials like timber, fertilizers, it from fire. Fortunately, so far, it is not super cycle, which would have been the fifth one. It is a boom. So, everything has got tremendously increased. All of us know the reasons, whether it is uh, economy recovery, whether it is interest spending, whether it is stimulus packages, vaccination confidence, and for steel and stainless steel or metals, even the China factor, carbon 30%, and of course, combat operational efficiency, and of course, leading to the better profitability and the inventory valuation supporting it. If I talk the specificity about the, how the prices have increased uh, for uh, steel and stainless steel, if I take the reference of uh, July, because that was a turning point post day one when the economic recovery started, though we also had wave two, but since it was not complete shutdown, so adverse impact was not much. I will give you some small numbers about the pricing. First, about the stainless steel. The comparison is from uh, India, Europe, China, USA. You might have heard the three zero four grade. So I'm comparing that grade, which is the most commonly known and the uh, If I consider July 2000 for all these four uh, country areas, India 71% increase in 304. Europe mind boggling 123%. China it has gone up to 78. In December it has come down to 68, 62%. And USA uh, 68%. If I talk about the carbon fee, flat and long separately, again 77% flat and 55% it has gone up to 101% also. This increase in aligned with the raw material increase. When I talk about the raw material, Carbon steel scrap, same period, 98%. SS scrap, 304, 96%. Nickel, 63%. Carbon, 73%. So, this increase is primarily because of the overall commodity boom going on, in addition to all the other metals, except the precious metals, and all the other commodity products, like I said. But one point I would like to add here, uh, we have seen the cyclicity. We have seen the recession also. And this demand growth, for certain areas, it is going to remain stable, specifically where the transformation and changes are likely to happen related with REG. For example, nickel is likely to remain firm. These are going to have the sort of a perpetual impact on the business. But most of the other things are demand uh, supply based, so they are going to become stable. So this is my general take, carbon steel versus stainless steel and also the current situation. Yeah? Over to next. You are mute. Uh, thank you. Thank you, sir, for the detailed answer. Uh, I'll, I'll move to the next question, sir. Uh, why is it that the larger steel companies, uh, they haven't ventured into stainless steel as a sector? Uh, either uh, in India or globally. Uh, so there are only a handful of names uh, among the global peers as well. Uh, any any particular reason? Okay, uh, I may speaking, few people should say that. I will give you my take. Is the number one, I would like to add point that global level. I know at least eight companies right from China to Indonesia to Korea to Japan to Europe 
were also in similar fields as well as carbon fields. To name a few, think tank, I can give the numbers also about their uh, capacity. First number I will give stainless, second number of fields, 8.7, 11, phosphor, 2.9, 41, uh, belong, 1.928, aperum, 1.772, CKN, 1.312, Japanese company, NFC, 142, GSE, 0.524. So these are our big names, people are there. Now coming to uh, India, yes, in India uh, we are the uh, largest, but uh, our largeness is about 20% of the smallest in the top 5 of team and is about 9% of the biggest team. So that is the definition of the largest. I personally feel that in India, uh, both the industry, steel and stainless steel, they are just evolving. You know, uh, it is a developing economy. Per capita consumption in both the cases is about one third of the global average and both have their own commitment to meet the futuristic requirements of the country. For example, steel 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 is struggling to reach to that uh, 300 uh, uh, million tons target by 2030 and if I calculate at a reasonably good growth of 7 to 8% aligned with the GDP, which I personally feel I am very upbeat man. Uh, considering the economic recovery and considering where the India is and what the India growth story would be. So, this 300 million tons would be required. So, steel would be more focusing on the their commitment to the Indian economy. And also there are certain um, challenges like, like I said, steel is 3%, but the, whether it is uh, the skill set requirement, whether it is the application orientation, whether it is uh, relative retail focusing and also the distribution mechanism. So, it might not be a priority for the steel and of course, worldwide also, India also, because steel is basically from that iron ore route, the profitability differences are also there. So, I'm, I think that steel will be focusing more uh, towards steel and getting consolidated and that's why they are not focusing on steel steel. But the steel player should be in a better position to answer. Uh, so, just to uh, extend uh, this question or to your answer, uh, do you think the government is doing enough to promote uh, the industry? Uh, I think it's a very tricky one uh, and I'll, I'll extend, uh, I, I have a few more questions I think you will get. Basically, I'm going into the trade angles gradually, so would like to hear your thoughts. Had it not been recorded, I would have been, I would have made it less tricky. So, <laughs> okay, uh, you see, uh, Government is, has to act like a trapeze artist. And India, being a developing economy, has got its own challenges. Despite of the fact that, despite of this commodity boom happening in India, despite that WPI might have gone up, but it has got not a major impact on the CPI yet. It means that an important and essential commodity like steel today has got less value in the final product as compared to 40 years back. Just to give an example, 40 years back car prices were related with the price of steel. Today, it is practically not related. In a car of 40 lakh rupees, steel would be 700 kgs or maybe one, uh, uh, close to 1 ton. So, 1 ton becoming increased by 50,000 rupees is not that in 40 lakh because other things have taken over. But there is a conflict that downstream industry always is in a conflicting situation. So, government has to have take certain balance and unfortunately perhaps steel and stainless steel industry together 
have not been able to express the right perspective to the government. People tend to forget that this is a cyclic industry. During the downturn, a lot of things happen, and this is not a commodity uh, super cycle yet. So, government in the last union budget has taken certain decisions which has perplexed the chapter 72 industry, in as well as industries. But I am very pretty sure when government has to achieve uh, 5 trillion in a very short time and they are not going to stop there, 10 trillion. And government is also very, I am very sure because I have got the opportunity to interact with people. The pain point of the manufacturing, whether it is a cost of logistics or the cost of capital, is well known to the government. If they have to grow, it has to come down. That is why the project like NIT, that is why perhaps international bond and things like that. So these things are going to come down. Federally government will also realize that to, to make investors like you attracted in investment in India, the profitability of Indian companies have to be continuously good. Uh, in Tenlaki, uh, you are very well aware that we took 11 years practically to get out of TDR. Last few quarters have been very nice for multiple reasons, external as well as internal also. Uh, and that has given confidence to a company like ours, despite of being TDR for 10, 11 years, to expand. That too has big bit. Similarly, key people are also expanding. So, last couple of quarters, uh, uh, profitability cannot be a benchmark for the government to not have the level playing field at least till the time when the uncompetitiveness for the Indian manufacturers are actually outside the gate of the factory. Believe in me, inside the factory gate we are very very efficient and to tell you about my company, we are perhaps the four runners in the automation higher 4.0 solutions since last 18 to 19 years. We are working so hard, we are making the processes so good, level 3. So, government, perhaps in short term, they might not have recognized MSME ki awaaz bote jati hai, mantri ji tuch kai dete hai. But I am very hopeful that steel uh, and stainless steel and in future more of stainless steel is so critical for the nation building that government has to create the level playing field specifically against these two countries, China and Indonesia, who are globally well recognized that the government gives 20 to 30 percent subsidy, non-WTO compliant, and worldwide, every steel or stainless steel manufacturing company has initiated the trade remedial initiatives like CBD, AGD, Safeguard in practically all other countries. Uh, globalization is turning into nationalization. That is my uh, view on this. And just one last point of this question. Out of the total trade remedial initiatives happening in the world, more than 70% cases include China, more than 50% include Indonesia, which is just about four years young, and the first country to impose anti-dumping duty on Indonesia was China itself. So I am very sure, and perhaps I will I will appeal to my investor fraternity also, if sir, government ko thoda sa sahi picture dijiye. Temporary level playing field is required. Just say bara percent on cost of capital and cost of logistics ki wajah se uncompetitive ho jate hain. So I am still a bit that you will be able to show the right picture to the government for the right reason. Correct. Sir, if I, if you permit me, I will just take stretch this variable effect more. There has been a barrage of cases which are sitting on DGTR including China CBD 18.95 which was expected from 1st of October. For some reason it hasn't come through. 
uh, anti-dumping duties against uh, a plethora of nations, likewise uh, CBD against Indonesia. So, uh, is it something wrong with the DGTR when they are taking wrong, or is it, the, is it robbing is not enough, or is it government is all together on a different planet? Uh, let me uh, clarify two things first. You see, uh, DGTR has got a uh, process of few steps. So, they take around one and a half years or so to establish the legitimacy of the request of the domestic industry. Okay? As per the process, it goes to the revenue department who evaluate it and take the final decision. Uh, I think that DGTR, after due diligence for all the requests of steel and industry, they have recommended the merit of the case to Ministry of Finance, PRU, Revenue. But unfortunately, in last, specifically since October or so, uh, there has been certain change and many of such recommendations by DGTR has been either not responded or rejected. In case of steel, there are nine such recommendations of DGTR, though either which has been suspended. And in case of stainless steel, whether it is China, suspended till 30 years, then again extended till 30 years, CBD Indonesia, there is no news in the official domain. I think it has got all mixed up. And the MSME people and the viability, things like that. So, a decision has been taken based on these, I think, uh, selective inputs. But I am very sure the ecosystem of an economy cannot work. 5 billion without the right manufacturing input cannot happen. And if the manufacturing happens, steel and CNSC have to have the right role. And if they don't make profit, the investment will not happen, growth will not happen. The government is going to take action for sure. I am very confident. Okay. Uh, sir, I will flip uh, the equation the other way around. Uh, if one has to look at the export potential, uh, say, out of India, uh, specifically for business changes, both companies together, versus a company sitting out of, say, China and Indonesia, uh, which are less with... Uh, Captive nickel, so they are definitely better positioned on the cost curve. Now, uh, I understand. I think uh, European Commission has also debited certain uh, duties on the Indian companies as well as on the Chinese companies. Uh, again, the good part is we are better placed against Chinese over there. Uh, if one had to look at the cost economics and export viability, uh, how do you think uh, is how do you think is in the stainless place? And if you want to break it up into 200, 300, 400 series, uh, that, that would be, uh, again, great. Okay. Uh, I think uh, for the benefit of the larger audience, first I will start with the meaning of 200, 300. I will take just a minute to sure. that. Sure. That will help, actually. Then I will come to this export. Uh, you know, uh, there is a technical word which is called crystalline structure. Based on that, stainless steel is basically divided into three types of structure. Austenitic, ferritic, martinistic, and a combination of austenitic and ferritic which makes duplex. Now, what is meaning? Austenitic is 200 and 300. 200 series means it is more of chromium and manganese, less of nickel. 300 means it is more of chromium and nickel. And by the way, stainless is stainless, 
if it has got minimum 10.5 percent chromium. Nickel doesn't make a corrosion resistant. Chromium makes corrosion resistant along with some other elements like moly and uh, uh, and uh, uh, nitrogen. So 200 series is uh, you can say a economical version of the similar application where the corrosion resistance requirement is relatively less and where the formability requirement is also relatively less as compared to 300 series. And just to uh, uh, add that stainless steel usage is very very application specific depending on the environment in which the product has to operate. For example, when I am sitting in Delhi, my chair is having a stainless steel of 200 series having perhaps 14% chromium and perhaps 0.5% nickel. But if I go to Bombay on the shore, even 304 grade having 18% chromium and 8% nickel will not be suitable. There perhaps you need 316 having moly. And if I go inside the sea, even 316 L will also not be suitable. Perhaps there I need to use 310. So it is highly uh, application specific in the environment where it has to operate. Now coming back to 200 series I explained, 300 series I explained and 300 series starts with minimum 6% nickel and very limited in 6, otherwise 8% and above. So you know the price difference of nickel. So uh, that is the impact that 200 series and 300 series have commercially. Uh, ferritic as well as martensitic, both are 200 series. Ferritic is tumbag lakta hai iske andar, martensitic is mevi magnet lakta hai. Ferritic, great like 409430, they are used in utensils application, auto exhaust, things like that. And martensitic, 200 series, they are, it is like blade scale, tool scale, things like that. So this is the sort of a 200, 300 and 400. You might be curious to know ki worldwide or kaise 200, 300, 400 kaise rata hai ye. Uh, worldwide 200 will be around 20 percent, 300 will be around 54 percent and 400 will be around 24 percent and duplex will be around the close to 2 percent. India, it is very lopsided, 200 would be around 55 percent, 30 percent, 300 and uh, uh, 400 will be 15 percent and JSL is very interesting as a group. Uh, 200 will be 35 percent, 300 is 45 percent, 400 is 20 percent. So we are between India and the world and of course focusing on the so, this is a technical about the series uh, differences. Now, I will come to uh, the expose. I think uh, before coming to uh, how much and uh, where, uh, I think we should uh, uh, understand uh, the criticality or importance of expose in a uh, life of a corporate like in the, uh, general or corporate, other corporates in the country itself. You see, when we are talking about metal like steel and stainless steel, the growth happens in degrees, capacities come in blocks. And whenever the capacity comes in, there is always, and because we always aspire to build the capacity which is much more than the today's consumption because we look into the future. So, export becomes a compulsion, so it becomes a strategy. Whether we want it or not, we will have to export. Despite the fact that domestic is our passion and it's more of a commitment. So, export is important. Steel as well as stainless steel has been doing well. Specifically, uh, in the last two H1s, uh, wave one and wave two H1, as compared to the pre-pandemic H1, and really doing very well. But like I said earlier, uh, export possibility is there provided you have got certain advantages in your favor, starting with the behavior. 
just from the nature side point of view. When Europe was in the process of putting the safeguard, you see, etc., there was a rumor there that it will be put on only Asia. So I showed my concern to my friend. He said, why do you worry? I said, I am from Asia. He said, no, you are from India. So this is the behavior of Indian producers and exporters when they export. And we have been exporting about 20% for the last couple of years. Out of that 20%, 50% goes to EU. And within that 50%, uh, 50% goes to not in countries like Germany. I am saying that just to uh, establish that the quality, the behavior, and, uh, and, 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 uh, and the long-term relation. I have been personally handling exports for the last 15-20 years to Europe. So exports is a must. But what has happened is, uh, thanks to China and now to Indonesia, specifically in the context of tailor steel. Today in Indonesia, 5.5 million tons. Here you may say 3 million tons. 5.5 million tons capacity of tailor steel is in place which is more than 25 times the consumption in Indonesia. Today, in China, about 25% to 30% excess capacity is available, despite of their statement of reducing because of the carbon footprint by 30%. But whatever it is, in case of tailor uh, you might be talking, uh, thinking about that rebate uh, withdrawn of 15% and also from 1st of May. Whatever has happened, let me give you certain statistics in case of stainless steel in H1. Uh, as against the monthly average of 34,000 tons import in last financial year, this financial year in H1, it is already 63,000 tons. Both from China and Indonesia, stainless steel flat product has increased over last year, monthly average basis 330 and 338%. Thanks to the decision in the union budget of withdrawing the level playing field for Indian manufacturers. The import intensity in case of tender steel today in India is 25% as compared to less than 5% in case of steel. Now, we have been exporting despite of the safeguard and 25% looting in US, we are still able to export because of certain other reasons also. Uh, the product mix the value addition and behavior. But I feel that there should be a stability in the volume in the exports. Otherwise, countries, specifically the developed economy, they are ruthless. We got trapped into this ADD and CBT investigation thanks to our uh, Indonesian colleague, the capacity which got created from Chinese investment and they have the company here. So, uh, we are also in that uh, challenge now. But yes, uh, there are export opportunities. We are availing them well, very responsibly. We have got good relations and we would be in a position. And apart from that, we are uh, uh, selling to close to uh, 60 countries and many of the countries are very regular, like uh, Middle East, even the South, Southeast Asia, most of the countries in Europe, North America, Canada. So, uh, for us, uh, export uh, is a strength and we are achieving it. Uh, our quality product can be considered one of the best in the world. I will give you just one example. Again, better of price for the country itself. There is a project which is happening in Europe. It is called IDER. 
इंटरनेशनल थर्मो न्यूक्लियर एनर्जी रिएक्टर एक्सपेरिमेंटल रिएक्टर दिस इज क्लोज टू ट्वेंटी बिलियन यूरोप प्रोजेक्ट फंडेड बाय सेवन कंट्रीज इट हैज गॉट वन रिएक्टर विच इज कंज्यूमिंग थर्टी एट हंड्रेड टन्स ऑफ एनर्जी ओनली टू कंपनीज इन द वर्ल्ड आर सप्लाइंग दैट वन ऑफ दम इज जनरल सेलमेंट दैट इज एक्सट्रीम हाई एंड क्वालिटी रिक्वायरमेंट मोस्ट स्ट्रिंजेंट रिक्वायरमेंट सो सो आई थिंक वी आर वेल पोजिशन एंड प्लेस टू एक्सपोर्ट द राइट क्वांटिटीज हाउ एवर दैट ग्लोबलाइजेशन टू नेशनलाइजेशन वन हैज टू बी केयरफुल एंड वी आर वेरी केयरफुल वेदर इट इज अ वैल्यू एडेड प्रोडक्ट और वेयर द इवन अ कस्टमर वॉन्ट कि हमें ये मान लीजिए कि उनकम कस्टमर से सपोर्टिंग जिंदल क्वालिटी दैट दिवॉन्ग दिस मटीरियल यू आर म्यूट अगेन thanks thanks for pointing uh, thank you so much for a very detailed answer uh, sir transshipment has been a big problem when it comes to carbon steel uh, do you think uh, similar trade patterns do exist on stainless steel uh, or if i have to put it the other way around is there are companies chinese companies investing into india as so somebody like chromeni and they could possibly use india as a base and uh, expose the material out now i i don't think the things are actually fructified for that particular company but is it something which is a matter of concern or how should one read this particular variable okay uh two aspects one is the global aspect uh this uh cost country subsidized product being sold in other countries is a wto related offense so uh, if somebody is trying to bypass the direct anti subsidy or anti duty duty let's say from europe to china and trying to route it through such passages to indonesia or india so european commission and the producers of europe they will take the legal and the just the um, trade remedy process in india uh, there has been a challenge not only investing something in india and otherwise also circumvented material coming into india steel including stainless steel we are pushing to the government that the value addition criteria for the public procurement which has been a little bit hazy they have been trying to make something but it doesn't work out so for steel and stainless steel for that matter other metal companies also the value addition criteria for public procurement should be held and maintained the way it is happening in us so government seems to be positively looking at it but yes that is the making process takes long other thing is all of us need to understand that what is the value addition being done by a company which is only converting a hot coal to cold coal and a company which is starting from the melting onwards right thank you so much uh, for the detailed answer uh, again uh, sir i'll just take a step back now uh, stainless steel is something which is not carbon steel i think you detailed it uh, pretty adequately you also touched upon uh, value addition you indicated 50% of exports Uh, and 50% of it actually into Germany. We speak volumes about what we are catering to, which could be probably auto EMs or other segments. Uh, 
so how should one look at the company and uh, say if I have to tell you, please explain me in very simple words that we are not a commodity company, but we are a converter, wherein we could actually be looking at more stable margins uh, going forward. So if you could explain from your perspective on what are the things which we do which gives us stability on spreads, I think that would be very useful. Okay. Uh, we also sometimes, uh, I'm talking from, uh, from the lighter side from the sales perspective, the sales teams also comes under the pressure it's a price aapka jada hai. And then the next question comes, but there is a premium over the competitor's price. The premium could be, premium could be this much against China, maybe this much against Autobombo, or maybe the other thing against Japanese. It means there is something better we are doing for Apple to Apple products. We call it decommoditization within the commodity. To me, Decommoditization is not the high value product. It is the high value addition in the product. I will split it into two areas. One is the product decommoditization, another is the services. India may Hindi may baat karne ka bhi premium milta hai In India, my customers are confident that if Vijay Sharma, his team is not behaving properly, they have got Mr. Ratan Jindal who is just one hour away. So, now coming to the product first. We are perhaps the only company in the world which purchased a diversified product basket. We are making more than 120 grades. Our R&D effort in the last 20 years out of this 120 grades, 80 grades have been developed. When I say developed, it doesn't mean that we have created something new or even making something which is internationally available in the standard in India is a big challenge because uh, the market requirement, the MOP requirement. So this is our versatility. Like I said, we are into 300, 200, 400, even duplex also. We have got the complete product portfolio, right from precision strip up to the lab. We also have a very interesting uh, advantage. In Hisar, we have got a 50 tons melt size. In Urika, we have got 150 tons melt size. So, we can invest in the developmental activities also, we can have the long runs also. So, we are in a very unique position to supply the product, that is one. Now, coming to the services part, you will be surprised that uh, more than 70% of general standard business is being sold on the list price. When I say list price, you don't even have to put price in SAP. You put SKU, the price comes. This is absolutely transparent business. Baki 30% we bata deta hon, 700% is the auction room for the, the surplus generation, balance is the CSU requirement. And little bit with a very very high end, extreme high end like nuclear in the private sector. We have got now the system like Amazon. Our MOU partners who are doing maybe around 60% of the business, they are able to lock in the system, place the orders, see the visibility. Our policies are all transparent. This is and We had a big challenge, I had a big challenge when the GST came. We had perhaps some, I don't remember, 15, 16 warehouses. We were under the pressure as a sales and business development team to eliminate them. Rather, we doubled it. So that is the service. We got into POC model, theory of constraint. 
make to um, make to stop MPS, so that we are closer to the customer. We have offices everywhere. With our MOU partner, the target for the salesman is that you have to ensure that he succeeds in fulfilling his MOU quantity. This is the service aspect. Now, coming to our present, we being the leader, we being a responsible corporate, we are consistent. Wherever we are, we operate in a committed range. Of course, yes, sometimes some segment, I mean, it could behave differently, it happened in wave 1, it happened in wave 2. Our risks are very, very balanced. And if I sell 100 tons, in no segment I am selling more than 15 tons. Though my share in that segment would be 80%. So, we are horizontally spread. We are reasonably vertically spread. We are consistent. We don't go do in and out. That is same is true even for exports also. We have been very skeptic about if there is a sudden inquiry of 3000 tons. I would not like to do business because my first priority is somebody who is working with us for the last 10 years, 12 years. So there are so many ways of decommoditizing even a stainless steel product, whether it is product, whether it is services or behavior. We are in a, I think, a reasonably well placed situation and first we are 50 years old now. We understand the customers also. Uh, we have that uh, skill set, we have that experience and uh, we have certain aspirations also. So, uh, this is about general skill set. If the account, the price. You see, uh, uh, in case of stainless, also in case of steel, it is a pass-through with a lag or deal. And also, uh, the price increase also is dependent on the, I will bring in a concept of intensity of the metal in the final product. It also depends on that. For example, if I talk about, uh, 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 let's say metro, a cost of a metro project, if a metro project holder will be thinking in terms of maybe 300 crore rupees per kilometer. It varies from 250 to 400 depending on upper NHA or ground upper And in that, the percentage of stainless steel per kilometer is 0.2%. So, you understand, here the challenge is uh, pushing the category. Then there are products, for example, utensils. Here it is about 95 to 96%. Here the challenge is of pushing the general stainless product. Right? So, we, in all these complexities, we are trying to serve the customer like I said, horizontally also and reasonably vertically also. So, this is how we are managing this. Uh, that's uh, very, very interesting. Uh, sir, if I have to just take the thing forward, uh, you indicated that 70% of the business is sold on the list price, which is very encouraging. List price. List price. List price. Uh, list price. Uh, how frequently do we revise the list price uh, given there is volatility in the raw material prices? It is commodity driven. Uh, let's not compare it with auto, which happens once in six months. Uh, uh, because the fluctuation is too high. Too high. You know that very well. Uh, nickel, 20,000 say, uh, uh, and it, today nickel would be uh, around 50% of the cost. It moves anything like that. People were not looking into uh, Molly at some point of time. People were not looking into the iron 
वॉज नॉट लुकिंग एट इवन सर को हम तो निकल देखते थे इट इज नीड बेस्ट वेन एवर इट इज रिक्वायर्ड बट अगेन इट इज ऑल अट्रॉप एंड इट इज हाईली इट इज हाईली ऑर्गेनाइज वी ऑपरेट ऑन एफोल बेसिस फ्रंट ऑफ लोड सो नाइडर वी आर इन टू द सर्कुलेशन नॉर अवर सिस्टम लेट पीपल गेट इन टू द सर्कुलेशन ना हम ओवर बुकिंग करते हैं ना हम अंडर बुकिंग करते हैं बिल्कुल स्मूथली कॉन्स्टेंटली काम करते हैं Sir, I was reading something on auto pompo to understand stainless steel. I'm, I'm still learning. Uh, one of the things what I could read over there is there is new pricing mechanisms from alloy surcharge to transaction pricing. Uh, you you did indicate that we have a pricing pass through, but sir, how should one understand this? Uh, okay, uh, you see alloy surcharge mechanism is a very old mechanism. Okay, it existed maybe 50, 70, 80 years. It means that there is a base price based on a level of the essential raw materials, and depending on the change of those raw materials, in this case, there is a surcharge which keeps on changing. It may look to be very, very transparent, but it was not like that because depending on the customer. पोजिशनिंग बड़ा है छोटा है बिहेवियर देर यूज टू बी डिस्काउंट स्ट्रक्चर तो बेस वॉज विजिबल सरचार्ज वॉज मैथमेटिकल बट बेस प्लस सरचार्ज वॉज नॉट द नव द प्राइस द प्राइस वॉज डिपेंडिंग ऑन द कस्टमर एंड डिस्काउंट एसोसिएटेड विद दैट कस्टमर एंड मे बी बेस्ड ऑन लॉजिक राइट नाउ एंड देर यूज टू बी कॉन्सेप्ट ऑफ द सिग्नल एक्स्ट्रा टू एम एम सौ रुपया वन एम एम एक सौ पांच रुपया इंटर एक्ट दैट थैंक्स टू द टाइम दे कोलेक्ट एवरीथिंग एंड इट स्टार्टेड है ट्रांसैक्शन डी टू डी इंक्वायरी ऑफर कंक्लूजन नेगोशिएशन वॉट ऑफ दिस इन यूरोप एंड अमेरिका वे सरचार्ज वॉज मोर पॉपुलर वी वर ट्राइंग टू एडजस्ट टू दिस न्यू वे ऑफ एशियन कंपनीज एंड कंट्रीज बाय एडजस्टिंग द डिस्काउंट So if today European mills are saying that they are into the transaction, uh, it is not something which is new in the world. It is nothing new. Now coming to gender standards, we are behaving in a way where our customers are reasonably comfortable. हम कुछ तो किसी को 100 परसेंट नहीं कर सकते हैं. When we have been exporting to Europe and America, we have been working on alloy surcharge. In case of India, you ask the price change frequency. In fact, our customers are also able to calculate now that इतना nickel बढ़ गया है, इतना chromium घट गया है कि there is a possibility that gender will change next Monday, Tuesday, three to four rupees on either of the sides. In India also, with certain PSUs like railways, with some companies in auto sector, we are working on alloy plus surcharge basis. And you will be surprised that uh, about 15 years back, Jinder Steelers has sold slabs and hot roll coils to China on surcharge basis. We thought China is at one time. So it is nothing new. All the practices are happening. When the volatility is so high, people tend to change the things and I mean try to do whatever is taking place. Transaction is spot. Correct. 
He said, just to understand this better, you indicated number of SKUs, uh, the number of regions that we catered to. Uh, if one had to look at the quality of sales uh, based on the application standpoint, uh, how should one read into that? See, uh, first I think we need to understand the meaning of quality. is low quality. Quality is a word which is associated with the application for which it is intended to. Stainless steel, and the form of thing is the metallurgical quality. Whether the element which has gone into it, does it conform to what was intended? Whether it is ginger standard or it is ginger standard or GA standard, A, CM, DIN, GIS, whether it is conforming to that. When I give an example of ITER and uh, I mean uh, we are regular suppliers to uh, Indian nuclear uh, industry. So I will not talk about the quality because metallurgical quality perhaps we are just among the quality. You guys are very younger than me so you may not recall that 30 years pehle stainless steel ki baat hoti thi to Devidyal aur Selam se Bhattan ka reference kiya jata tha. Perhaps you can check that with your elders in the home. Today, Indian benchmarking for quality is business Now, in case of stainless, surface makes a very important role, specifically in case of cold roll applications, where aesthetics and beauty is important. I would like to invite you guys to my factory to demonstrate the end quality which I am boasting with so pride. How that is achieved? Because it is all cause and effect. Gautam, please invite them to our Jajpur plant. The state of the art, our corner friends, they visit when they visit that this is something which is really world standard. Our quality is extremely good. It has got nothing to do with the 200 series, 300 series. It has got nothing to do with that. It is application such way. We have a very strong R&D. We are in a position to guide the customer. Just to give an example, Indian government is also on the crossroads when we are talking about infrastructure. Indian uh, bridges are were made by Britishers. Some of them are more than 150 years old. They are in the process of falling down and they have to be changed. Bhyantar is one such example which fell down four years back and I was personally in Bhayandar. In three years, we have been able to sensitize the government that stainless steel is the right material and the first put-over bridge in Bhayandar of stainless steel is being made. Now, there could be a question on is stainless steel manable? So, you refer somewhere light cycle also. There is a huge range of stainless steel. For this railway station, uh, for this bridges, we have developed a grade which was being, which was originally developed for the wagon. We have modified it and we are very sure that these bridges made from this and bridges on LCD basis is rather maybe around 25% cheaper over a life of 60 years because common calculator of 60 years is going to last 100 years. So, uh, again, quality is not the grade. Quality is the application. If it is success related, then success should be clear. 
material absolutely absolutely there is no discussion on that if it is portable material depending on where it is being used if it is something behind then uh, surface may not be that critical but uh, in case of ginger i think there is no question on the quality on any of the fans absolutely right uh, sir i i think you uh, read it incorrectly what i was coming to is uh, you indicated we uh, even supply to germany we supply to oems uh, we are aware that uh, i think we are the largest supplier to gillette so when we are supplying to end applications this is something to like of gillette or german oems uh, i'm 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 i was trying to understand the broad dissection of sales based on the end use wherein it also gives us the pricing power uh, probably even a premium uh, which actually helps us uh, give comfort on the stability of earnings wherein we say pass through uh, it is because of our quality and serviceability that we can actually make it happen so if you can give some color around where exactly we sell which is more sticky and wherein they appreciate what we do okay you see uh, the trend which a manufacturer like us is having own in own country cannot be replicated in a country which is 8000 kilometers away i am talking about the serviceability a lot of things are required uh, you would have read that amazon is doing backward integration of buying the ship and their own container manufacturing you know what i am trying to say so to some customer in europe and america and users we are supplying directly with lots of challenges lots of efforts and to many of the customers we are supplying either to our warehouse in europe or to the service center but our continuity of supplying the material to let's say one service center for 10 years consistently it means that there is another customer we know the application we know who they are but it is being routed through that and that is the reason that even today also the premium which we get over europeans in india is if i compare it with the discount i am getting over the domestic producers in europe the premium in india is higher that means you understand here i am doing better and there i am doing reasonably okay so i am discounting is less so we are using all the models direct to the end user to the service center to the warehouses and of course in india most of the large uh, end users large end users we are supplying them and one word i would like to say uh, claiming that i am supplying my 100% product to 100% end users i don't personally believe in that a big organization like ours we should know up to what retail we should get into distribution channel at the real venue we have got our own distribution channel jssl who are supposed to do the retailing company like us we should be able to sell the material in the right stu right moq so that they are able to serve in the right way that is why the channel exists that's okay. very uh, inspiring sir uh, sir i just take one last question in the interest of time uh so you used a word doc somewhere in between theory of constraint yes sir so if you can explain uh, how it has benefited the company uh inventory receivables payables 
matching the raw mat to the end product. I think these are huge, huge uh, variables. Uh, if you could broadly explain this, that would be uh, great, sir. Uh, POC, uh, POC is not only uh, 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 related uh, with product. Uh, this is a way of thinking, a way of working, which can be made applicable even on the rationalization of the customer base. We started with this uh, journey of POC uh, uh, about uh, four years back. I am trying to uh, pull some uh, numbers. In this, what we did, we mapped the total market requirement in terms of the SKU. We did the standardization. We strengthened our warehouses. And instead of taking the orders directly on the bill, we started in anticipation and started keeping these materials in the warehouses. And POC theory helped us through the color coding mechanism, white, black, red, green, so that the replenishment is purely demand-led. And earlier, one order was coming to the plant. Now, the, if you want something, it is available in the warehouse because it is a standard product. And believe in me, 8020 theory is applicable in everywhere in the life. Mostly 70 to 80% of our standard requirements, there our decommoditization was just in time, immediate availability, confidence. We have to that customers, purchase managers, they might have got demoted because now they don't have to plan. So, this is how we did, and now coming to the numbers, uh, in receivables, I think uh, uh, we. Uh, uh, that's, that's fine, sir. Uh, we, we, have, we have the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 70% we were able to reduce the receivables. There was a great achievement. Great achievement. Right, right, right. I think numbers speak for themselves. So I just wanted to hear it from you on how we actually did it. Sir, I'd like to thank you so much for a very, very insightful discussion. Really, really appreciate it. And hopefully we'll get to see you in person when in Delhi next. I would love to meet. I'm fond of either getting invited or inviting. I was invited you to Jaspur. If you guys come to Jaspur, I will also come. Right, right. Maybe so recently. I think we should take up sir's offer on the plan to visit and. Believe in me. I'm about to tell you. And one more thing, which you are not asked, Jindal is known for the hospitality. I'm about to tell you. कोई हमारे पास आए एंड हम उनके साथ अच्छे तरीके से मतलब मिले और वी इंजॉय द टाइम रिसेस जस्ट हैड विजिटेड इन इन द एंड अक्टूबर वी हैड कॉन्टैक्टेड अ प्लान जस्ट रिसेस वर्स बट यार देयर आर अदर इन्वेस्टर्स वी डेफिनेटली प्लान वंस मोर दिन थैंक यू Great, great, sir. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you, Gautam. Thank you, Shreya. And thank you, all the participants, for joining. Uh, Sopna, thank you so much for you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was very nice. Thank you. Look forward for next round. Yes, thank sir. you. Yes. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.